From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunter Vandy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, practice observations and some Clemson thoughts. Wake Up War Champ, again, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com, the website. Check it out or pull your phone out. Camera app, QR code, snap, snap. Goes right to the site. You can place your order online. You can pick it up. Get on your way with your day, or you can just hang out with a bunch of cool folks. Maybe throw some darts. Maybe shoot some pool. Maybe just watch some football. Maybe just make a friend. You can do all that at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Tomorrow, Thursday, that will be bingo night. So oh, yeah. do check that out. Lots of announcements, Corey. Later tonight, 6 o'clock live, recruiting chat with Michael Langston. So if you want to know what's going on in the recruiting world, 6 o'clock live on YouTube. Check it out. Replays will be available elsewhere. Uh, Thursday... Six o'clock, Corey and I doing a live edition of this show. Wake up, I think Orchard. that might be a seven o'clock Ooh, joint, okay. buddy. All right, a seven o'clock action. I think. There we go. Seven o'clock Thursday night live. Corey and I also presented by Deluna Coffee. Then Hotel Indigo pregame show, two hours before kick. Jeff and Tom. Then the watch along. Dominic and myself first half. Tom and Dom second half, and then the postgame show with Gene and Tom. And sandwich in there. Sorry, Corey. One of these days I'll remember to always mention the happy hour before I get to the Especially because it's our sponsor. Yeah. It's Corner Pocket Park. It's our, it's our primary sponsor. Yeah. 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 Yep. Jeff and uh, Corey shooting the breeze, having some drinks, talking ball. We got you covered. It's, and that's 530 to 630. Yes. Uh, Jeff and I will do that on Friday. Um, we lost our last one before the Wake Forest game. But other than that, we're undefeated this year, gang. Uh, Boston College didn't have anything for us, and neither did Duquesne. So, uh, but yeah, we got to assume it's going to be a big crowd there on Friday night. Get there early, get you a good seat. You can watch uh, the two bald guys uh, just get after it, and then uh, afterwards, if you're nice enough, uh, we'll sit and talk with you for a while and say hello, and uh, you know, exchange pleasantries. We're nice enough people. You can you can sit and say hello to us. Man, you know, I've uh, been, I've been asking everybody in the in the group text and everything. Feels like game day should be in town, you know. Feels like uh, Reese yeah. and Coach, Herbie, yep. Dez, and David, and the other nine people they have on the panel throughout the three-and-a-half-hour bonanza that is college game. They should be in town. But they're in Knoxville again. Can't rush it, Aslan. You can't rush it. When I wonder when Jimbo's first day, uh, game day was. Well, you think it was the 11 Oklahoma game? Was, was that a game day? Uh, I think so. I want to say I think so. Yeah, because they were number one in the nation, and we were we were like top ten, I think. They liked us. Yeah, yeah so that, that, was, that was probably it. Um, and then uh, maybe the 12 Clemson game. I, I think that would. Yeah. And I don't know when the last one was. It probably, I, I couldn't even venture a guess. I don't even know if they 14 came. Clemson maybe? I yeah, mean, it's been a minute. And yeah. Long time, man. Long time. Yeah. It would have been nice to get off Look, the Look, I think if they, you made a good point. I, I think if they win that game on Saturday uh, and they're 5-1, and one, probably, like I said, probably top 20. Um and then, I, although they wouldn't have gotten credit for winning that game, it would have been like, oh, NC State just must be terrible. Eh, we'll, we'll rank them 23rd, but whatever. You're top 25 and Clemson's fourth. 
And you made a good point that they were just at Tennessee a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, they're in Knoxville for the Florida game. Yeah, so I think, I mean, they had no other choice now. And they might have gone back to Knoxville either way, but I think they really would have been itching to come to to come to come Tallahassee for 5-1 and one versus 6-0 and oh Florida State Clemson. But you blew it in the final, well, you blew it in the whole second half, and uh, they're, not, they're not in Tallahassee on Saturday, sadly. A lot of Syracuse fans upset. Syracuse fans thought they should have it hosting NC State this week. I mean, come on now. Let's be let's be real. I'd say, man, but Syracuse should win that game, right? If especially if Leary's not playing. Yeah. Even if Leary was playing, I I, I would yeah. I might pick Syracuse, man. That NC State offense isn't great shakes at all. Um, Syracuse could be what are they about to be six or seven and zero? Oh? Man, all right, Orange. The Atlantic, buddy. Just it's all the talents here. I'm glad we're dropping these divisions. You know, next year. Absolutely, and I think if you look at the uh, if you look at the Syracuse, it, th- that's the thing. I I know Florida State fans. I can hear you saying this. Like, are you kidding me? Syracuse is undefeated and ranked. Well, man, Florida, they've just played different schedules. Like Syracuse's schedule is very much backloaded. I think if Florida State had played the first six games that Syracuse had played, they would probably be six and zero too. Don't you think? I mean, you know, I just think that's Syracuse has not played very good competition yet, but they've beaten who they're supposed to beat. But their their schedule is really really tough on the on the back half. So we'll see where they are at the end of the year. We'll see where Florida State is. If Florida State could somehow get through these first seven games, five and two, you kind of like eight wins. Like eight seems like a um, if they can beat Clemson, you almost feel like eight is a no doubter. Yeah. Eight eight wins is a no brainer. Yeah. But you start off four and zero, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Kind of hurts a little bit, but yeah, they've uh, they took out Louisville week one, then they had UConn. Then Purdue, Virginia, and the mighty Wagner Hawks, yeah. maybe. I don't even know. They have some sort of bird. I think they're the Red Hawks. Red Hawks? Wagner, no, I'm right. just kidding. I made that up. I, I doubt they're the Red Hawks. Yeah, so and they've had four. Wagner? Well, Wagner was their last game? Yeah. Oh, man. And four of their five games have been in Syracuse. They've been at home. So Yeah, I mean, Purdue is probably their best win. You would look at that. Purdue's not terrible, so that's a that's a nice win. It's a good win for the ACC, but yeah, they're it's about to ramp up a little bit here. The the we'll, we'll see what their record is at the end of October. <laughs> oh, man, they got they have NC State this weekend, Clemson next, yep. then Notre Dame, yep, then Pitt, then the Knowles, yep. then Wake, and they end yeah. with Boston College. Yeah, that's that's a pretty tough six game stretch, man. We'll, we'll see. If they're eleven and zero. God bless them. They should be going to the playoff. <laughs> Dino, you better get you better get your agent on the line now. Yeah, really, go to Nebraska now, man. <laughs> go to Nebraska. All right, what do we see out of practice on Tuesday, Corey? I um, it wasn't anything too. They didn't press too much, which I think might have been a little bit weird if they would have, right? They it seemed pretty consistent, pretty pretty workmanlike, uh, pretty kind of on par with what we've seen the last uh, three or four weeks. Kind of uh, some good moments, some moments maybe not as not as sharp, not as strong, but overall it seemed like Mike liked what he saw. Yeah, he said as much. Um, there were two things that stood out. Uh, well, three things, really. We'll, we'll start with the first one. Um, Ja'Kai Douglas is is a full go now. Like, he went from not playing to I think he's going to be a part of the plan here. Um, he, he looked really good. He's got fresh legs. Um, again, they're not tackling. But if you think about this Florida State offense so far in, in 2022, uh, one thing they've been missing, in my opinion, is when they go to three or four wides, Micah Pittman has been very good out of the slot. He is a good receiver. He is not he is not nearly as fast or light. He, he's a different kind of slot guy than Ja'Kai Douglas. Ja'Kai Douglas is fast and quick, um, explosive. Micah Pittman makes plays. He's tough. He's physical. Powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Powerfully built, too, for, in that frame. 
but he is not a guy that will leave a linebacker or a safety in the dust necessarily. Ja'Kai Douglas, if he shakes you the right way, you might fall down. Like he's a different kind of guy in the slot. Now, maybe it doesn't, you don't notice it as much against Clemson because they're really good. But as we move forward in the season, I think getting him back is a big deal. I, you know, there were times where, you know, look, who else is, the, who other, what other slot guys do they have? Like Winston Wright was supposed to be a guy. He, who knows? Um, Keyshawn Helton just isn't a part of this team, really. Um, except in those cinematic recap videos in the locker room. That's that's really the only time you see Keyshawn Helton, and that's not a shot at the kid. He's just, I don't know what's going on there, but he's not a part of the plans at all. There were times where Toa Feely was a slot guy because they just didn't have any other options. Um, Ja'Kai Douglas is a big deal, I think, for this team moving forward. Again, maybe not necessarily this week against Clemson. We'll see. But he's a mismatch guy. And he's a guy that if you play press coverage with a safety or a, a uh, you know your fourth best cornerback, he could leave him. Quickly. We've seen it a few times in his career already. He's just a different kind of athlete in that spot. He's not as good as Micah Pittman. Micah Pittman's a player, man. But they're different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's more he's just a fast twitch, quick, twitch, twitchy twitch, twitch slot guy. Twitchy McTwitcherson. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's a he's a tough cover in the slot. Uh Pittman is a is just a guy that goes makes some competitive catches and bounces off you. Anyway, either way, you, you need them both. And I think that's a good thing for Florida State to have Ja'Kai Douglas back. I think, uh, you know, as Norbell mentioned after the after practice, he can also line up um, at running back occasionally, which would, again, we don't know the, the severity of Trayshawn Ward's injury. We should touch on it that Norbell said afterwards that he didn't need surgery because if you're on Instagram or even if you're not, if you listen to this show, which clearly you do because you're hearing me talk right now, um, he he inst he IG'd he put on the gram as I like to say Aslan <laughs> two in a row there the yeah IG, a, a, a picture of uh, a picture of himself in the hospital on on Monday yeah. uh, well then on Tuesday when Norbell was asked about it, he said yeah well he was in there but it turns out we got best case scenario he doesn't need surgery but I would highly doubt if you have and this is just me I have no inside knowledge none I don't know that you can expect a running back to be in a hospital gown on Monday and then play a football game against Clemson on Saturday. So even if he is can play, you got to expect he might be a little limited. I mean, that was a pretty tough injury it looked like he had on Saturday. Yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden, you know, your running back room's a little, uh, it lacks a little depth. Uh, Ja'Kai Douglas can do that a little bit too. Um, Rodney Hill, I thought, man, he, again, fresh legs. He runs hard. I don't know if you necessarily expect him to do much against Clemson. I don't know if you, you kind of thrust him into action in this environment against that team when he's probably carried the ball, what, nine times this year, seven times this year. That's a, and they were, they were in the fourth quarter of a 40-point game against Boston College and then against Duquesne. Now you're facing NFL guys. You, to me, personally, more than anything, you'd worry about ball security with somebody like Rodney Hill, but he can play, and he is going to be a player for this team. Um, I just don't know if it's this week. But even still, Ja'Kai helps you out there. Um, it was. It sounds like it is good news about Trayshawn. He's not lost for the year. It wouldn't seem, but I would assume. You know, you would think just being a realist, you would think maybe after the bye week is is best case scenario with him. But we'll see. Maybe he'll be playing on Saturday. But also, what he said about Johnny Wilson, I thought was was uh, um, you know kind of insightful because he he even said he's like you know Johnny Johnny didn't have his best game on Saturday. You know, he made a couple plays, but he also had a couple tough plays. And he's like, you saw him out there on Tuesday. He's like, that crap's not happening again. He went to work. And, you know, I you know, I didn't see every single rep, but what I saw, Johnny Wilson was making every catch. And I know he also stayed after practice to work a little more. I think that's, a, again, another good sign 
of a guy that realizes how important he is to this team, how important those two drops were to the to this team, and that uh, he's working to get better, which is all good news. Also talked about he liked the, the response side of Jordan. I mean, you mentioned that the response yeah. side of Johnny, uh, you know, going, doing extra work and making sure he's on top of his things. He also liked the way that Jordan responded, and you kind of asked him about the whole – emotional aspect of things and you, you like your quarterback being emotional uh, and you know Mike talked about how much and how well, you how like him important. being competitive yeah. and caring yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so I thought Jordan had a pretty okay day um, you know, there was some moments I think that weren't his fault necessarily I mean I know there was there was a, a play that happened you started doing your your lap for the day so you had your back turned to it but there was like a coverage and one of the cornerbacks got the business from Norvell and uh, immediately after that very next play, then it was a false start. So I mean, mm. these are little moments. Again, these are 30-second snapshots in a two-hour practice. And you're not going to kill it the entire time, everybody. But in terms of throwing the ball, accuracy, knowing where he's got to go, Jordan's still doing that. It just, it just seems like something's been a little bit different these last two games. And hopefully hopefully he's been able to reset. Maybe, again, maybe, maybe there's a little less pressure on this team now, and he'll get back to having that fun uh, that we've talked about. Uh, defensively, Robert Cooper was out there, which is, mm-hmm. uh, we can talk about that. Uh, we just did. There you go. That's pretty much all we have to say on that, I think. Uh, and then Fabian Lovett. Apparently, Dabo is is bracing for uh, Fabian, says, uh, talking about defensively, they got a bunch of NFL dudes. They've got some cats. Those mm. two safeties will be high draft picks. Thinks the corners are outstanding. Thinks they're the best group of backers they've seen as far as being fast and physical. Oh, uh, and says, right. uh, looks like they're going to get number zero back this week, a twitchy guy inside. And I don't, hmm. don't want to throw. thinking of Ja'Kai Douglas? <laughs> I don't know, man. These zeros and twitchy. You just can't talk about a zero without mentioning twitch. I'm with you, Dabo. Um, so we'll obviously monitor that on Wednesday. That would be, that'd be a, big, a, a, a big boost because I don't know. I think some of us might have got a little bit ahead of ourselves and thought that it was not a foregone conclusion, but maybe probable that Fabian would return. But on Tuesday, uh, you know, he, he was not an active participant in practice. But then again, listen, we didn't see, I think on even on Wednesday, I want to say, I think of uh, Wake Forest week, Verse didn't practice. Verse was in jersey and, and yeah. basketball shorts and sneakers, and he ends up playing 23 reps. So even if we don't see anything encouraging out of Fabian on Wednesday here at practice, it still could be a possibility. I, I don't know, though, the fact that Dabo's got – I don't know. How, do we need to smoke out a mole, Corey? Is there somebody reporting back to Dabo and Clemson? I was going to say, man, it's it's time to figure that out. You need to, yeah, put some misinformation out in the well and see see what comes out on the other side, man. Exactly right. That's uh, That's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, does it really – like when you think about it, and I get it, we're not, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, you know, we, we wouldn't tell you for sure one way or the other. But does it really change what Clemson's going to do? Like they're still going to try to establish the run. It's just going to be easier if zero isn't in there. And I think one thing we could say, even if Fabian does come back, and you hope he does, what can you realistically expect from someone that hasn't played in six weeks? Right. Yeah. Um. You, you know, you're. Jeez, you're, it's been that long, huh? I mean, since Labor Day. Yeah. So um, you're you're, pro- you're probably expecting at most 20, 25 snaps, I would think, from somebody that hasn't played uh, in a long time. I think they got the absolute maximum out of verse, and he was only out for a couple of weeks um, after the Louisville game. So this is a guy that's been out for um, literally since we were in New Orleans, man, since you were killing dogs in New Orleans. <laughs> Fabian Lovett hasn't played a football game. So that that to me, like, you hope he plays. 
it, it gives you even those 20 reps are you, there's so much better reps when he's out there but you, you that just got off schedule right Corey? i mean if you even if you get 20 reps out of him and whatever the number percentage that Papuchas used the other day to talk about the amount of reps that Patrick Payton played and yeah. the amount of plays he actually made, 20%, which is big for a defensive lineman. Man, if Fabian can give you, you know, three three stalemates, man, on first and 10 where they only gain yeah. maybe one yard, you know, that's that's a shot in the arm, man. Get them off schedule, and that, that can really affect things rather than, than them popping off five, six yards the way that NC State kind of was uh, when they figured out, hey, they don't have zero or 91. We can run I now. I would think if he could, if he's anywhere close to going, he's gonna he would go. He because you it's not like you're gonna be asking him like we just talked about. You're not gonna be asking him to play fifty snaps. You just wouldn't. So if he can give you eighteen to twenty, like you said, and then you hope there's no setbacks, as Alex Atkins talked about on Monday with Robert Scott, there were no setbacks for him and he played the whole game. So that's good news. If you can get anything out of Fabian Lovett, um, and then there are no setbacks, and then he has a whole what, 13 days to get ready for the next game, man, you feel really good because all of a sudden you're start, you, you feel really good about the last five weeks of the season. You're almost, if, I mean, Lord willing, you don't suffer any more injuries. Um, you, you, you would feel like, okay, you're, you're at full strength for the stretch run. Now, it's not a stretch run for the championship. It's not a stretch run for the ACC Atlantic. That was blown in Raleigh. But it's a stretch run for a good season. And win or lose Saturday, you can still have a very you could have a great season by our standards, our current standards. You could win out. It is not unrealistic to think if you are if you are fully loaded, this offense starts playing like we know it can against lesser defenses. There's nothing on this schedule after Clemson where you're like, that's an absolute loss. No chance. They could win out. If Fabian Lovett is fully healthy for the last five games, maybe Winston Wright's back. Maybe Ja'Kai Douglas works himself into the mix more. Maybe all these other guys get healthier and healthier. Darion you feel Williamson. good about it. There's a, there's a guy we haven't talked about in a few weeks. Yeah, man. We had the, he had that stretch against Boston College, man, and then that was, you know, who knows. But even still, I, I just think that, uh, you know, this game is certainly winnable even without uh, Fabian Lovett or a fully healthy Fabian Lovett. But, man, that would help a lot because I just think – the one thing that you feel, the the one thing that gives you pause, man, the end of that NC State game, even after the interception, you had all three timeouts, mm -hmm. and they got the ball at the twenty, and man, it would have been how cool would it have been if he'd have caught it at the one and fallen out of bounds? Oh, you know what I mean? That really ramps up the uh, excitement there. But so you still got three timeouts with what four thirty eight seconds left. If you get a stop on third down, they got to punt it to you. You get the ball around midfield with 20 seconds left. One first down, at least you've got a Hail Mary kick attempt for, for Fitzgerald to win the game. But they just ran it three times up the middle of the field and you lost. And they ran it up the middle a pretty good amount against you, um, just like Wake Forest did, just like Louisville did. That's where you miss Fabian Lovett. And I just think if you... If you just can't, if Clemson just has to go work for their yards and not just run it up the middle and have second and three the whole game, you got a real chance, man. But if you can't stop the middle, if you can't stop the runs up the middle, and they've struggled because they just aren't good enough right there without zero, um, then that's that's what gives you pause, man. Is because if you make it easy for that Clemson offense and he gets to take play action shots on second and three, if he feels good because they're always ahead of the chains then you don't put a lot of real game pressure on that quarterback. I don't feel like Sam Hartman felt a lot of game pressure. The one time he felt game pressure, he threw what should have been an interception. Like, if you can get them in the third and longs 
are even second longs, it changes the whole game. But if you allow them to just run up the middle and, and feel good about things and be always constantly ahead of the chains, you're going to have a real tough time because their offense isn't very good. It's not terrible, but it's not very good. And it's not like a great Clemson offense that we've seen. So you'd love to put them in situations where they doubt themselves. But if you're second and four, you're not going to be doubting yourself a whole lot. So that's the, that's the real bummer about. I would say love it. Who, who's more valuable than him besides Jordan Travis, would you say, on this team? Is he right up there, right? Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, like Jamie. I mean, I think things – because the drop-off between, I don't know, it would be Shaheem if, if Jamie were to go down. I would say, Jarquez. man, I think I, – and I, I like Jamie Robinson a lot. He is a very good football player. I don't know if he's a super high draft pick like, like Dabo was saying, but um, I think he is an NFL player for sure. But I think the difference between him and Shaheem – I think they're closer than Fabian and his backup. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I, I I just think that gap is wider, man. Fabian, they don't have a lot of Fabian Lovitz uh, on the interior of the defensive line. He's one of the best in the conference. And you're you you just man, it would it really is a bummer that the three toughest teams on your schedule, the three biggest games on the schedule, you haven't had at least one of your three to four most valuable players for the whole for the whole time, maybe. You know, LSU right now, 53rd in the nation, averaging over 172 yards on the ground. But they, you know, it was their first game, so it's really hard to, you know, compare to where they're at now. But I'm, I'm sure Fabian's presence definitely affected the way they were able to run the ball that night. So, yeah. And they ran it. I think they put up some yardage, but that was all Jaden Daniels. Yeah, that was all it was. Like, they couldn't run at all. Uh-uh. Yeah. Hey, your favorite athletes, they always strive to put themselves in a winning position, and it's about time you did too with my bookie. MyBookie.ag has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs, which Corey will be in attendance, so I don't know if that might affect the Braves line uh, Mm. when they figure that out. Or you can play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action that time, now... Make your winning move today. Sign up at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WARCHANT and claim your deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, promo code WARCHANT to claim that bonus. Dollar for dollar instant match. Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And over at MyBookie, Florida State, a three-and-a-half point underdog to Clemson at home. 51 remains the over-under. So, feeling bullish about the Knowles, mm-hmm. Corey gave you some reason to. Get over to mybookie.ag, use that promo code WARCHAMP. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. 
It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Now on the Clemson side of things, Corey. Okay. Here's the bummer. They're expected, this is coming from the On3 website for Clemson, Clemson's expected to have all five of their top defensive linemen available for the first time this season, Saturday at Florida State. So, uh, Breesey's available. Uh, they obviously have Xavier Thomas's back, who's been there forever, it seems like, but uh, he returned in his first game action against Boston College last week. K.J. Henry, Tyler Davis, who I don't think was healthy or even played when Florida State uh, Face off against Clemson last year, Miles Murphy, um, and then Rook or Horaho. Totally butchered that one, I'm sure. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but all these guys, I mean, you look at their defensive grades on pro football focus. Wes Goodwin really hasn't uh, missed much of a beat uh, since Brett Venables went to Oklahoma. So uh, we're getting a little bit healthier maybe, but it sounds like they're, they're significantly getting. I mean, I can't believe that they haven't had all these guys the entire season. They looked as good on defense. but when you, when you look at their schedule, though, and I can't quite remember everybody they've played, but this is the second-best offense they faced, right? Yeah. Uh, like Wake played, Forest is – Sorry. They start off with Georgia Tech. Terrible, not 10. a good offense. Right. Yeah, especially not a good then, offense. Especially yep. then. They're Furman. Okay. Uh, Louisiana Tech. Okay. Wake. Yep, and they gave up 48. Gave them the business. Uh, yep. 45. Sorry. Uh, 38 in uh, regulation, though. I'm sure, sure. that's what you're trying okay. to say. Yeah. NC State and then Boston College. So, yeah, I mean, Florida State's the second-best offense they faced. They, In fact, you could look at that group of teams that they've faced. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm usually the pessimist. I'm almost talking myself into this. <laughs> but you, you look at that group of teams they faced. That is a smorgasbord of awful offenses. Like that is not none of those offenses are good except the one the one offense they played with a pulse put up thirty eight in regulation against them. That bodes a and they had Breesy for that one. Remember his dad was Jeez. screaming at all the Wake Forest yeah. fans afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so you know that that kind of bodes well, right? Like they haven't faced anybody with a pulse, anybody that can make plays. Uh, like we saw that NC State offense up close, man. Yuck. Um, and then you see, I don't even know what Furman, maybe Furman and Louisiana Tech have great offense. I know, no, I know Louisiana. Tyler Grubbs is still leading <laughs> Louisiana Tech and tackles everyone. He's got he's got forty eight after five games. That guy, kid's a tackling machine. Um, Louisiana Tech sixty ninth in scoring offense, averaging thirty point two points per game, eighty seventh in total offense, three hundred seventy three yards. Yeah, so not great. No. So they have they face one good offense and they they got lit up for a good majority of the time. And again, I'm not predicting that Florida State's going to light this defense up by any stretch. Um, but I do think it is it, it, it's it is the biggest challenge that they've faced probably all season, just in game atmosphere. Clearly in game atmosphere. But when you when you combine the Florida State defense and what they can do on offense. Um, it's it, this is a tough test, man. It's a tough test for Clemson, and that did this offense can make plays, and this that Clemson secondary has faced one offense that could challenge it vertically. Um, and look, Wake has better receivers overall than Florida State, but maybe not by that much. And um, and you know they gave up thirty eight points, so that that may that could make you feel pretty good. Uh, but then again, you know you have to be able to block to get the throws off, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's something we'll probably 
drill down a little bit further uh, the rest of the week, which, by the way, thread is up right now over on Warchant.com, Tribal Council, for the Renegade Express. We're going to knock that out. Uh, we're going to be on a bit of a time crunch recording it on uh, Wednesday for your Thursday show, but it's open now. Because so. I, well, because I'm taking Brady with a couple of buddies. We're going to a Braves game. We're going to the Braves, Phillies. Got it. It's a big win, everyone, so root, or a big game, for so root for the Bravos. Um, and even if you're not a Braves fan, but you like me, um, root for the Bravos. It'd just be fun. You know, look, man, I was telling Aslan, I, we, I'm, I'm still riding high off last year. They win or lose. I, I, I wouldn't be completely against them not having to face the Dodgers again. Like, I just feel like it, it's tough, man. It's tough watching the Dodgers for six or seven games. They are so good. They're so exhausting. So part of me is like, man, I could enjoy some postseason baseball if the Braves aren't in it because this is torture. But either way... I want to go. I want to take my son to a game and have them win it. You know what I mean? It's fun to watch postseason win. So root root for me uh, on, on Wednesday afternoon when you're, after you're done listening to this. Uh, we'll be at practice Wednesday, and maybe I know there's something you asked, and I uh, I'm like I should ask Norvell that question. Uh, you're like, yeah, we don't know, but it'll be something we could ask. I'll have to rewind and listen to it. But I think you know I'm going to ask him. I was going to ask him on Tuesday, but figured I'd wait till Wednesday so he's got a little bit more data. Uh, I mean. Obviously, we'd love to have Fabian Lovett back. We'd love to know that Robert Cooper is good to go, and maybe Trayshawn Ward is simply a pain management thing. And uh, if he can hold on to the ball and and be somewhat relatively managing the pain, that's a, that's a good sign for Florida State. But like, what if they could go into this game with a like a seventy eight percent field goal kicker? What if what if Ryan Fitzgerald's back to where he was? I don't know, end of last year. I don't even know if he was 75, 78% back then. What was like, he, 10 look, of 13? What's that What's that check out to? That's five out of six and a half. That's probably, that's probably 78%. Okay. Right, okay. 10 out of 13, yeah. Just looking at Clemson's stats, or they, they have the number one red zone offense in the country. Uh, they got a great kicker. They do. That helps. BT yeah. Potter uh, yeah. can, from way downtown can knock it, so – I mean, that's that's probably something else that, you know, obviously we can't. I mean, we can keep tabs on it, but we're probably not going to get a really good, lucid answer out of Mike Norvell, but I'll, I'll try to elicit something out of him. But there's no I just point. don't think you can go. I mean, can you go into this game, Corey, managing it the same way you did second half against Wake and then pretty much how you did against NC State? I mean, I, I know this is you don't want to bring a knife to a gunfight kind of thing. You obviously want to score touchdowns, but, man, it's going to be – It'd be a bummer to get a 58-yard drive into Clemson territory and then you walk away without any points against them. Well, what if you – like, here's the thing. What if you get to the Clemson 23 and it's fourth and four in the first quarter? If you kick the field goal there, doesn't that go against everything you just did the week prior? Like if you're willing to kick a 41 year old a 41 year old yard field goal against Clemson in the first quarter, or if you want to kick any 41 year olds you see, do it, man. I hate 41 year olds, those young whippersnappers. But if you if you're willing to kick a 40 to 41 yard field goal against Clemson, why weren't you then willing to do it Saturday night in Raleigh with a win on the line? And I, again, I I completely did I I completely agree with them trying to move the ball forward. Certainly, we're not we're not relitigating the last play, but. I don't think they should have just centered the ball and gone for a field goal. But my point being, I don't know what changes. I so I think, I but think the fact that you lost and, that game, Corey, you can't manage a game like that. I mean, that's the thing, man. You well, I mean, you might that might just be so. Okay, so let's just let's play this out. So first quarter, you take the ball, you drive down the field. It's fourth and nine from the Clemson twenty-eight yard line, twenty-five. Let's say twenty-five. 
you you run Fitzgerald out there because it's fourth and nine. Those are really hard to get, period, much less against one of the best defenses in the country. So you run Fitzgerald out there, and he misses a 43-yarder. Well, now you can't kick him anymore. You know what I mean? Like, so you you do just have to, and especially if it comes off his foot a certain way. Though you and you guys know what I'm talking about. Walk-ons haven't looked all that great either. No, no, trust me. And I watched the walk-ons like a hawk um, before the game on Saturday. And Fitzgerald was by far the best option. Just realize that, everyone. I I promise you. Um, So, so if Fitzgerald doesn't kick the ball in his first attempt on Saturday, if it looks nothing like the one on against Raleigh, if it looks like some of the stuff we've seen, straight left, no height, sideways, that kind of stuff, you know you're done with him. So, but I do think if it's fourth and five or longer early in the game, maybe you, I I think you do, you do try to play for the points, but if he misses, you have to change the way you coach and you have to go back to how you coached the last part of Wake Forest and how you coached against all of NC state and just realize you can't keep running him back out there. Um, but he might left, make the man. damn thing. Yeah, he might make the damn thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that we're in week seven, you know, right? Five yeah. or four. Two, I mean, we they've, they've got Miami on the schedule still. They've got Syracuse in the carrier, well, whatever it's called now, the JMA Wireless Solutions Dome or whatever. Is that really what it's called? Something. Yeah, it's not carrier. Oh, no. It'll always right. be the carrier dome to me. Yeah, exactly uh, right. Florida. I mean, it, it'd be crazy to think that you're going to end up playing – I don't know, like half of your schedule without a field goal kicker pretty much at the but major what are division. The op- you, there's no waiver wire. So what are the options? You can't just waste a uh, – you, you can't – like, again, I, I think what he did at the end of the halftime, I, again, there's no pressure. Yeah. It, there's a completely different – it's a completely different picture. But if he, he – I mean, he drilled that thing. That's as good as he's ever kicked a ball in a football game, in yeah. my opinion, at least a college football game. Uh, it was just pure. So – if he the first kick that he has against Clemson, if it and I'm not talking about an extra point, I'm talking about a real field goal. If it looks like that, all right, man, good times. Game on. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. But if it doesn't, if it looks like what we've seen a lot of this year, that's just the reality of the team you have. You got to coach differently. You can't. You got no other options. Any anything outside of 40 yards, you can't attempt. Maybe even anything outside of like 35 yards, you can't attempt unless it's fourth and 20. And you have to you have to coach that way. And you just have to hope that Johnny Wilson catches the fourth down pass next time. Or Malik McLean catches the touchdown in the end zone. You just, you have to go make plays. But yeah, man, I, I think, I, I don't know what else you want him to do. Like, you, you don't want to keep running a guy out there that you that can't make field goals. That's a waste of a down. Yeah, but, but I mean, he made his last may, one, so let's... Yeah, yeah, let's give him one more shot. The, it, it just, like, again, when you go back to that stupid game, what would have been perfect is... I don't know, man, a pass interference in the end zone and you get the ball at the three. And then you just set up a, a, a basically a chip shot extra point. He makes it for a game winner and that uh, that just relieves everything. All the stress is gone. He's kicked a game. That just would have been the perfect way to get Fitzgerald back on track. I don't know as well as he struck that ball I, with so little on the line in all reality in that situation. I just don't know that that gets him back on track. We will find out the next time he kicks it. And it's, again, it's not so much if he makes it or not. You know me, Aslan. I'm not, I'm not a process guy. I'm, a res- I'm sorry, I'm not a results guy. I'm a process guy. Yeah, right. If it looks gross, yeah. that's what I'm more concerned okay. with. If he kicks the crap out of it and he hits the upright, but he stepped into it and drilled it 
and he just happens to be a little off, okay, man, you might have your field goal kicker back. That's two in a row that he struck really well when it mattered. But if it looks like, you know, frankly, like a sophomore high school kicker, which some of these will look like, I think you have to say, all right, well, we're done. We, we can't do this unless it's a 27-yard attempt. But they they're not settling for field goals, baby. They're going for touchdowns. They're going for six touchdowns on Saturday. I wonder if the fact that you kind of are an underdog and, you know, your back is against the wall, you you have an outside chance of still winning the Atlantic. Not a not a very – No, no. How would you do that? Clemson well, would have to lose three times, right? Well, no. I mean, if you beat Clemson and then they lose another one, and but I don't know who oh, – Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, they could lose left. to Syracuse. I, well, I, no, then Syracuse would have the uh, – yeah, I don't know. Well, if you beat Syracuse – you need a you need a bunch of two loss teams, but if you beat Clemson, you'll probably be ranked really high. And I think the tiebreaker would come down. I don't know the, the levels of the tiebreaker, but I think it's whoever's the highest ranked in the in the playoff poll. So actually, Clemson might still hold on to because they're only, um, but they'd have two losses too at that. But anyhow, uh, there's still a outside chance, but the you don't have as maybe much pressure on you. Maybe you can be a little bit more freewheeling. And I think Dabo obviously, I think Dabo's got more talent. I think Dabo's going to play it by the numbers. and He's got a good kicker. So yeah. I feel like the numbers, the scoring margin, is probably always going to be close to that kind of field goal number to where you can trot your guy out there. But maybe Mike just kind of goes for we don't want to we don't want to stay tied with this team. We don't want to draw within, you know, a, a three-point game. We want to we want to get the touchdown and we want to get the extra point and we want to we want to have a, a lead, a, a substantial lead. So maybe the this the, the course of the game itself will make not going for field goals a little bit more palatable for for some people. Again, I, mean, I, think like you, a, I think you can try it once. Give it a try. See what it looks like. Um, if it as long as it's not you better, it better not be fourth and two. But if it's fourth and not manageable, give give it a try um, and see where you go from there. Because uh, it literally it really could uh, change the not just the game. It could change the complexion of the season. If all of a sudden you've got a field goal kicker you trust. Because you're going to play some close games even after Clemson, and it would be really good to get him back on track. So in that regard, uh, sure. But, um, you know, I think you coach to your team. You coach to what you, you know, you, you just, you, you coach to your best players. And I think when you look at this game, Clemson has the better defense, clearly, and Clemson has the better kicker, clearly. But I think quarterback is, I think it's at least even, yeah, but I think Jordan Travis. I, I, but but my point being, you can if Jordan Travis has a good game, you you could and probably should win this game if he plays well, and I mean well, like not. But just, he plays well when he has time and everything is working, and you're not going to have a lot of time, and not everything is going to work against Clemson. That's that's what concerns me the most. I mean, he. Well, yeah, that's all quarterbacks, though, right? I, I mean, yeah, like plays yeah. well for him. Like even in the in the midst of what's going to be coming at him, which is a lot of NFL dudes trying to tackle him. Um, if he has a good game, sees it well, gets rid of it quickly, puts it in the right place, doesn't make mistakes, uses his legs some. I think you you, you hope that you have the advantage at quarterback. You have the home field advantage, Absolutely. and maybe that offsets their kicker advantage and their defense advantage. That's fair. Because I think your offense is as good as their offense. I think your receivers are as good as their receivers. Um, I, I, I just, I, you know, their offense isn't incredible. Uh, so, you 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 know, there's, there's, this isn't a Clemson team to be scared of. Like I said, they haven't played any good offenses except for one, and that offense lit them up. Now, it's a crazy different kind of offense than what you run. But it's, you know, they, they, they could not cover those wake-wide receivers. Leads me to believe you might have some shots with 14 
to make some plays. Maybe not, maybe Deuce gets loose finally and makes some plays. But you, I just you can't run the ball. I know what they want to do, um, and I know we got to wrap it up. We got no, we got uh, we got a whole week to talk about this. I just I I don't. You're banging your head against a wall if you try to consistently establish the run against this group. They're number you are two. Not going to do it. They're the number two rushing defense in the country. They're only allowing sixty three yards on the ground. You you are, you are going to be like you did in the first half, or sorry, the second half against NC State. You do not bang your head against the wall and just run over and over and over. You've got to be creative. You've got to be different in your running game. You can't run traditional stuff. You can't run your traditional stuff. Because they will snuff it out, and you cannot run every first down like you did in the second. Or 70% of first downs cannot be runs like they were in the second half against NC State. Because that means 70% of your second downs will be second and long. And you, that's not how you beat Clemson. Uh, but you, you know, you've got your strength, I think, on offense against this team. You're going to be able to run. You can run against most teams. Not this one. You've got to use your receivers, and you've got to use your quarterback's legs. Those are two things that are going to be tough to stop. And it's cool because last year you didn't have, you know, they stopped Jordan running the ball and he couldn't take advantage because he didn't have receivers. Now he does. So hopefully they can take advantage and, uh, you know, score, I don't know, man, 27 points, get to 27, get to 24, see what happens, see how it shakes out. All right. Well, hey, we'll be back live tomorrow. Um, yeah, because you're listening to this on a Wednesday, everybody. It's Wednesday right now. Thursday live show. Later today, though, live show recruiting, and the thread is up right now for the Renegade Express, so get over there, pose your questions. If I see it in time, maybe if it's a good question, I'll ask Mike Norvell at practice. But mm-hmm. otherwise, we'll try to get some more clarity, make some more practice observations. We touched on everything in practice, right? Nothing else really all that uh, urgent. So Master sure. Mono punted the crap out of the ball. He did. True. That was crazy. Like so much so that Norvell even mentioned it. No. Um, which I mean, that's not a thing you normally mention in a in a after a practice. But he talked about Master Mono because again, it wasn't just the uh, the crazy punt beyond the line of scrimmage debacle. Um, he he was terrible for him. He was really bad. He didn't flip the field at all. He did not help them at out out at all. Um, I think he averaged like thirty three yards a punt. Now a couple of them were trying to pooch them deep because they were they had the ball at the thirty seven or whatever. But still, he was not good. He did not flip the field. He was not good at all. But he had like a 52-yarder followed by like a 62-yarder. Back-to-back, like crushed him. Uh, so that was good to see. It's good to see that's still in there. So hopefully, uh, well, who am I kidding? He's not going to be punting on Saturday. Take the day off, Alex. Take the day off, baby. You, you got to hold for extra points. That's all you're going to be doing, my man. It's Clemson. You're not worried about that. You're not worried about punting against Clemson. Come on. All right, that's a wrap for us. Jeff Cameron show 1 to 3 o'clock. Before that, though, practice going on Wednesday morning. Head over to wordchant.com as well as Wordchant TV. That's our YouTube channel for practice footage as well as all the interviews after practice. We'll have a summary, observations over on the website for our subscribers. It's only 10 bucks for an entire year. Uh, you should sign up right now, but the promo runs until August of next year, so you can start saving right now. Or get all the inside scoop before this big Clemson game. Big dub, possibly. Mm. How crazy would you feel if you weren't able to see it coming? You weren't able to enjoy it the way that the over 12,000 people who are already subscribed to WarChant.com are going to be able to enjoy it on Saturday night, huh? Think about Amen. that. Amen. Amen, Aslan. He's Corey M. Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up WarChant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. 
we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.